All right, everybody, welcome to the Backseat Huddle Podcast, episode 21. I am your host, as always, Tristan Weber, and today I'll be talking to you guys about three topics. I'll be talking to you guys about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, again, San Francisco 49ers, again, and the Packers, once again. So I'm talking about some things I've talked about recently, but this is my show. Y'all can't stop me. It's my podcast, but then again, maybe if I had more variety, I'd also have more listeners, but that's neither here nor there. So let's go ahead and get into it. All right. So the San Francisco 49ers this week defeated a shockingly good Jarrett Stidham and the Jarrett Stidham-led Raiders 37-34 to in overtime this week. And Brock Purdy and the San Francisco 49ers continue to answer more questions. Okay. Much has been made about the 49ers defense, and rightly so. They're one of, if not, look, they're the best defense in the NFL, even if they are coming off of a game that they gave up 500 yards. I just don't think they were quite prepared for how confident and really mobile Jarrett Stidham was. But the 49ers this week did something we were not sure that they could do. And that is they won a shootout. Okay, going into this game against the Raiders, the San Francisco 49ers were only giving up on average 12 points per game. It is extremely easy for any quarterback, rookie or not, to win a game when really any team to win a game when your defense is only giving up 12 points per game. Basically, any team except the Denver Broncos can make that work. Okay, so we know that the San Francisco defense is one of, if not the best in the NFL, but it is also time to acknowledge that their offense is also one of the best in the NFL. So while the San Francisco 49ers offense is not quarterback driven, this offense is almost inarguably the most talented offense in the league. If you take the quarterback out of the equation, just look at the players, look at the weapons. They've got dudes everywhere. The only team I can think of, at least off the top of my head, that might be as talented as the San Francisco 49ers offense is the Bengals. And even then, I'm not like, whatever, it's pretty close. Okay, sure, let's go with that. However, that's all a little bit hyperbolic. So what I'd like to do is I would like to take some time to back up the claim that the San Francisco offense is one of the best in the NFL. So I'm going to go ahead and do a blind resume for you, the San Francisco offense. So I'm going to go ahead and put the San Francisco offense, some of their statistics. And these statistics are all from when Brock Purdy took over from took over for Jimmy G in week 13 against Miami. Everything you see on the screen right now starts from then. So I'll go ahead and put it up for you. So here you go. So the San Francisco offense averages 393 total yards per game. They average 227 passing yards per game and 166 rushing yards per game. So a little eh on the passing, pretty stinking good running offense. Okay. But they're also averaging 32.6 points per game, and they have 10 passing touchdowns and eight 
rushing touchdowns. Okay. So 32 points per game is a lot. That is a lot. So here's the mystery team. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and compare them side by side for you. This team is averaging 139 total yards of offense. They're averaging 300 passing yards per game, which is a lot. Uh, only 90 yards rushing per game, but they're also only averaging 27.8 points per game. So almost a full touchdown less than the San Francisco 49ers. And they have 11 passing touchdowns against six rushing touchdowns since week 13. Okay. I'll give you a second to think about who this mystery team might be. This is the Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, obviously, that's the reason the passing yards per game are significantly higher. However, we all think of the Kansas City Chiefs offense as being the standard in the NFL. You know, they, they had the best quarterback. They put up a whole bunch of points. He's going to be the MVP. They have an offensive coach we really love. And they're still averaging almost a touchdown less per game. And if you look at the passing touchdowns, Brock Purdy's only thrown one less. One less passing touchdown than the current MVP given. He's thrown for a heck of a lot less yards, but we're not comparing quarterbacks. We're comparing offense at this moment. And the San Francisco offense compares extremely favorably to what most consider the best, or at least one of the best offenses in the NFL. So as such, the 49ers offense needs to be taken seriously, even if they do have a rookie seventh round quarterback under center for them. The 49ers offense is really good. And really, this team looks to be the most complete team in the NFL going into the playoffs. So we'll see what the playoffs do hold for them. But the point of this is that the 49ers offense is very good. So let's let's go ahead and move on to another NFC playoff team. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers defeated the Carolina Panthers 30 to 24 on Sunday and clinched the NFC South and as such also clinched a playoff spot. And I can hear it already. Here's what everybody's going to start saying. There's going to be swaths of people saying, oh man, Brady's in the playoffs. You, you can't count them out. The Buccaneers are going to be dangerous. The Buccaneers, the team, nobody wants to play in the playoffs. Nobody is going to want to play against Brady in the playoffs. I don't care. That's all irrelevant. It, it, it's, it's just not true, okay? I get it. I get why people say that. He's the winningest player ever, and you cannot count the dude out. However, the Buccaneers still aren't that great of a team. I spent, if you want, if you're listening to this, the podcast prior to this, I spent 12 minutes detailing why the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are much less successful than they should be this season, even if they have clinched a playoff berth and are going to the playoffs. 12 minutes is a long time. That's the, that is going to be the episode prior to this one. Let's put this in context, okay? Let's put this Tampa Bay victory in context. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady were trailing 21 to 10 with 14 minutes left in the fourth quarter. And then they had an absolutely stunning 20 to 3 run to close the game. And stunning's the right word for it because relative to how the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have played the entire season, that was a stunning 
run. So they closed out the game 20-3 and won fairly handily. But the offense played well for one quarter. And it was certainly a stunning quarter, but they played well for one quarter. For one quarter. This Sunday, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers looked like their old selves. For one quarter, Mike Evans went ballistic, Tom Brady was well-protected, and they scored a bunch of points. However, at this point, we still have 15 weeks worth of evidence of what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers actually are. And 15 weeks worth of information that points to the fact that the Buccaneers aren't a real threat in the postseason. They're, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coaching isn't good. They're far too Tom Brady reliant. And for three quarters on Sunday, that all remained true. They're leading the Tampa Bay Buccaneers leading rusher against the Carolina Panthers this Sunday. For the entire game, their leading rusher was Leonard Fournette, who had 10 carries for 28 yards. But for one quarter, because Mike Evans was unguardable and Tom Brady was well-protected, really better protection than we've seen all season. All of a sudden, everyone wants to come out of the woodwork and proclaim that the Buccaneers are somehow a threat in the postseason when it's not true. We've had 15 weeks and three quarters worth of information showing what they truly are. And then all of that gets thrown out the window because they had one good quarter. Now, given that quarter did come at an extremely important time, going into the postseason, having things appear to click like that is important. But that one quarter alone cannot dismiss nearly 16 entire weeks worth of information showing that this Buccaneers offense is not that good. And they aren't. And it's sad because Tom Brady is my favorite player. I root for the Buccaneers week in and week out. I love watching greatness. I love seeing the greatest player to ever play play. But this team just isn't it. And what's wild is despite all of that and everything I just explained to you, this Tampa, almost completely against everything that I just said, this Tampa Bay offense or this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team has an opportunity to make it to the NFC championship game. Like, it's crazy. Like, they, they will play the Dallas Cowboys in the first round, and that's a winnable game, okay? And if they do win that game, they very likely will travel to Minnesota and play against the fraudulent Vikings, and that's a winnable game. And they still could advance to the NFC Championship game. But if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers do advance that far, it's due to the weakness of the NFC, not because the Buccaneers are actually that good. Okay, so I'm not a big believer on the Buccaneers despite being a fan of theirs. And lastly, speaking of the Vikings, I touched on this a little bit. The Packers defeated the Vikings 41-17 to this week, and I am so unimpressed with this win from the Packers. This game is so much more about how the Vikings aren't that good rather than the Packers being a legitimate team. I've harped on the Vikings every single week this season about how they're fraudulent, and I'm tired of it. So I'm not going to go on and on and on about how the Vikings stink. They just do. Here's what happened this week. Packers versus the Vikings. The Vikings went down big, just like they do every single freaking week. The Vikings go down big, and the Packers were well-coached. They were apt enough, and Hall of Fame quarterback led enough not to freaking blow it. That's all that happened. They just didn't freaking blow it. 
which I guess is something to be said because every other team in the NFL, 11 teams, 10 teams, I don't remember exactly how many, seem to blow against the Vikings. But the Packers just didn't. So congratulations to them for that. On top of that, I'm not buying into the Packers because the way that they won this week isn't sustainable in today's NFL. The Packers forced, in this game, forced four turnovers. They had one defensive touchdown and one kick return touchdown. They aren't going to be able to do that every game. If they were able to do that every game, they wouldn't be eight and eight. They wouldn't, they'd be, have a better record. Uh, they wouldn't have the 18th ranked total defense and they wouldn't have the 25th ranked rushing defense. Okay. The Packers offense also wasn't really that impressive to me in this game. The Vikings, in my opinion, have the worst defense in the NFL. And if it's not the worst, it's really close. They do have statistically the worst passing defense in the NFL and the Packers have Aaron Rodgers. And those two things combined for Aaron Rodgers having 80 yards passing at the end of the first half and 150 yards total. Like That's not that impressive. Uh, I will say that is at least in part because they were working with a short field a lot due to the turnovers. The Packers rushing offense was, it was good. Like it, it looked, it, it looked good. They had 160 yards on the ground. However, the Vikings have the 19th ranked rush defense in the NFL. Then the Vikings give up on average 127 yards per game. So the Green Bay Packers got 33 more yards than the average amount that the Vikings normally give up. Like that's good. Like you did good. You did good. I'm not going to give you the Packers heaping praise for doing what they should have done. That's what they should have done. They should have run the ball. Well, the Vikings aren't a good rush defense. They did something they should have. So I'm not going to like, congratulations to you. You do deserve credit for going out there and executing and doing the things that you should have done, but I'm not going to heap praise on you for once again, doing the things that you're supposed to do. All that being said, what the Packers have done in terms of getting into the position to make the playoffs is certainly impressive, but like the Buccaneers, the Packers are just really limited and I'm not buying them as a legitimate threat deep into the playoffs. The reality is that if the Packers do make the playoffs, which they're a win away, uh, the reality is that the Packers will likely get beaten by the Eagles, Cowboys, 49ers, whoever they play in the first round of the playoffs. But good on the Packers for making it to that position anyway. So that's my show. Thanks for watching. Take care, everybody.